0: All right, welcome back to The Sports Life. We're excited. It's another Sunday night, and we have Uncle Clint back with us. On today's podcast, we're going to cover the Cubs taking three or four from the Pirates. We're going to do a discussion on if we think Justin Verlander can make it to 300 wins. And we're also going to cover what we feel are some of sports' most unbreakable records. So without further ado, let's go. All right, starting off, we're going to talk about the Cubbies here. They took three or four from the Pirates. Uh, we got to see a new starter. We got to see Jordan Wicks go in game three. That was exciting. As of right now, the Cubbies are 69 and 61. They're a half game up in the second wild card position. They got the Diamondbacks behind them. They have the Reds behind the Diamondbacks, and then they're, they're chasing the Phillies, and they continue to chase the Brewers for the division. The Brewers have been hot. Brewers have been winning a lot of games. But we're going to see the Brewers here coming up. That's going to be an exciting series. Uh, but this was, again, they did the job here. They Three of the four games, they had 10-plus hits. Um, so it was really really an exciting series for them. They hit stride. They did the job. I'm going to turn it over to Caden a little bit. He's going to give us a little bit of game analysis. Him and Uncle Clint will share their thoughts as Caden runs through uh, game one through four here. Go ahead, Caden. What do you got?
1: All right. So for game one. Um, so first, want to start with our pitching. Our pitching was really good, especially, uh, for Justin Steele. Um, he just, it just seems like every single outing he has has been a quality start, you know. This one, six innings, two run runs, and, you know, I know it's against the Pirates, and last one was against the Royals, but these starts are gonna, are starting to rack up for him, you know. He's turning the season to now just a. Well, supposed to be a good season to now an all-star year, and now turn into one of the best in the NL. Um, and then you know the bullpen was great too. Barry former Palencia and uh, um, they both had a scoreless inning. And then our offense was actually really good. I feel like in the first um, in the first game, they started out really hot in the first. Three innings. That's where really they scored a lot of their runs, and then they're hitting the ball. It just felt like they're hitting the ball hard, find the holes, getting the run scored, and then um, after that, going to later innings, they just couldn't find anything. But those runs they scored in the early um, outing innings, uh, they, that's what they won the game. Of course, the pitching too. Yeah,
0: Hap had a go ahead hit uh, late in the tenth. There, that was big. Hep's uh, been playing pretty well. Uncle Clint, any thoughts on game one?
2: Uh, we did lose Fulmer in that game. He went to the DL, uh, but we we brought up the uh, kid Wicks, and we're gonna have to do something here because we got to make room for this guy with Stroman possibly being out for the remainder of the season. Here, uh, Smiley or somebody's gonna have to go because we need we need some. Starting help and Fomer's gonna have to Fomer's gonna have to come back when he's uh healthy because he's been strong in the bullpen uh, we did get good pitching pretty much in this whole series except for uh I think wasnoski struggled in the in the one game uh, other than that our, our relief pitching in this game was good Happ had a hit Yan gomes had a couple of hits in that first game there uh, he's been doing really well as a catcher uh Horner. As a leadoff, got a couple of hits in the game, which is what you want out of your leadoff hitter. So the uh, game game one, that uh, pretty much recaps the first game there.
0: Yeah, their offense really, really produced this series. Um, in the last two games of the series, they they had ten runs each game, and in one of them, the one where Wisniewski struggled, they really they really needed those runs. So moving on to game two, game two was the stinker. <laughs> that was the rough one. They seem to always have one, whether it's. You know the Tigers or the White Sox or whoever it is we've been playing, we seem to throw in a bad game. This was definitely it. They had one run on five hits and they wasted a really nice outing uh, by Kyle Hendricks. Obviously a disappointing game, but again they had to bounce back from that. Caden, did you want to say anything about Game Two or do we just want to shoot right past that one?
1: Oh, uh, I got a couple things to say. So first, one thing I gotta say is you're not gonna win a lot of games with one run. I think the one time I think the one. Big time we won one game was with one run scored is you went 1 to nothing against the Rays, and Marcus Stroman pitched an eight inning shutout. Um, but you're not going to win a lot of games with one run. I don't care how bad the team is. Um, but yeah, Hendricks, I mean, the first inning was a little rocky for Hendricks, but he did a great job adjusting and um, figuring out how to get these Pirates hitters out. And then the bullpen did the rest. Um, with a, uh, pretty good outing and a smiley got a scoreless inning. But often just could not get anything going. Uh, I feel like the ninth inning could have been our chance with the hat, with the home and the Bellinger. There was, that he was actually ruled safe I and mean, then they ruled Bellinger out. But you never know. I mean, if Bellinger was safe, that just, that, I mean, that gives the Cubs dugout energy, you know? So, yeah right
0: tough. yeah but it was just a tough one game two like i
2: touched on last week uh, five hits one walk it, 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 you, you're just not gonna you're not gonna win many ball games with, with with that kind of a performance but suzuki did have two hits in that game and suzuki had a really really big series i think he had seven hits in the series uh um, He's been hitting the ball really, really well, so I'm glad to see that out of Suzuki and Ballinger. I think he had eight RBIs in a series too, so he had a real big, real big series here.
0: Oh yeah, yep. I mean this team, they can do it. I mean they they really have the offense and pitching to do it. It's just a matter of coming through in this last stretch of the season. This, this
2: next series is really gonna. This next series is really, really big. This Next is gonna, four series. I mean, yeah. not the. This Brewers, series Reds. against the Brewers is a six. I mean, that could be a six-game swing right there. We we have to win two out of three in this next series. That's a big, big, big swing.
1: And you're also saying the Reds, the Dimebacks, Giants. I mean, we're these pl- next four series are really show what we have yeah. out of us.
0: Right. I mean, we're playing all the teams that are right with us there in the in the thick of it in the wild card. So 100%, we have to, we have to get hot here, and we got to stay hot to make this run. Jumping to game three, I mean, this was the fun one. Game three was the fun one. We, we got Jordan Wicks up, and he started off a little rocky. I think if first batter hits a home run. Then the next guy gets on. Single
1: them walk.
0: Uh, yeah, then a couple guys get on. There's a mound visit, which one of the announcers called it the greatest mound visit of all time, <laughs> because Wicks proceeded to sit down 15 consecutive, including nine strikeouts. We were pumped. We were cheering. We were excited. Uh, it was great to see a lefty come up and do something. You know the things that I've said in the past about Smiley here, especially on his starts, which have been really rocky. It was just great to see this guy get up there. He's got kind of a unique look. He's got the glasses. He, his, his delivery, he kind of takes this little jab step, and then he delivers. It was just a really fun outing to see him. And, Caden, what do you want to say about Wicks? I thought that was yeah. really cool.
1: So it was, First of all, it's good to see um, our uh, prospect, You know, our farm system actually have some good pitching you know we've like we have not seen a lot of good prospects like pitching um so good to see wicks i think the thing that actually impressed me most about wicks is yeah his stuff was good but the way he bounced back i mean your major league debut it's on the road you're playing a Pittsburgh Pirates team who has a lot of potential your first your second pitch you throw as a home run now i mean you're, you're a lot of nerves your family's watching you and then, a, and then a single, then a walk. I mean, the I mean, you're probably just like nervous, especially um when he already gave up a run and stuff. But the way he just, like you said, the mountain visit probably calmed it down, um, calmed him down uh, and did a good job settling down, making his making his adjustments and really bearing down and just just using that confidence and really putting them away. Really
2: test the guy's metal. Yeah, like like my old. Favorite closer for the Cubs, walk the bases loaded and strike him out. Rag back he'd walk, <laughs> throw 12 pitches, walk the bases loaded, and then bury the next three guys. He'd have you sitting on the edge of your seat, but. I mean, were, it, 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 the medal of, of Wicks in his first start, that was very impressive. Absolutely. Very impressive. Things got a little shaky later in that game. In game three,
0: the the bullpen got a little bit shaky. It was Nisky. He's
2: really struggled.
0: Um, yeah, so that was rough, but they, they straightened it out. They kept putting runs on the board, which is big. You can't just get up a couple runs and sit back. you got to keep delivering. The Cubs did that. The bats stayed hot in games three and games four. You alluded to it earlier, Bellinger's getting it done, Suzuki's
2: getting it done. That game, I think Suzuki had three RBIs in that game, and Bellinger had two, I believe, in, in game three. So that was half for the Cubs offense right there, yeah, just for them two guys.
1: It was only, I mean, two really big games for the Cubs. I mean, that fifth inning, we really opened it up. But it wasn't really, the runs were really spread out throughout innings. It was really that fifth inning, and then that... Um, I believe uh, ninth, I think, where we had the insurance with the Suzuki, with the Suzuki double. But, um, yeah, you know, they we were just adding on and really doing a good job with with uh, runners on base and opened the game up and did a good job selling, letting Wicks settle in with the lead. Another guy
2: out of the pen that, that don't get talked about that much that's done a really good job is Lighter. Lighter's done a really yeah. good yeah. job by of the bullpen this from a, year. From Definitely. a guy
1: who's got cut in January, I mean, the Cubs cut him. In January, and then I guess we signed him. Barely just, Mary made the squad, and then so, he's really turned into a big guy. Old man
2: pitched a perfect game, so he's he's been around. I mean, he, these guys these guys know how to get it done. And then game four, I felt like that was where the Cubs just
0: really showed that they they're at a higher class. You know, they're just a level up from the Pirates. They got it
2: done. Aside Aside another great performance yep. out of him. Great performance out of Assad.
1: Yeah, and also good to see to get the bullpen. Out of like just a lot a lot of rest you saw david ross palencia he walked two guys in the ninth david ross did not want to get alzali to finish that game but he saw him in this pilot pirates team especially in that game was relentless and he knew with a couple walks to give him hope david ross did not want to see any uh any he just wanted to get the game done so he had to go with alzali he was not happy with it but alzali three pitches and then the what and then the strikeout
0: that was the end yeah that was the end of game three he definitely did not want to have to use his closer there he wanted to give him a little bit longer of a break because the bullpen's been getting worked but again three or four we'll take it i wanted to make a a couple quick notes here on bellinger okay so belly had a big game i think he had five rbis in game Game four
2: Yeah. yeah
0: i mean and the thing is it's the way he's doing it he's really putting in great at bats he's delivering with two strikes he is just—he's playing like an MVP, and it, and it just leads me to talk about
2: the fact that we got him on a
0: rental here. We got him on one year.
2: He's impressed me. I, I honestly, at the beginning of the year, thought we wasted our money on the guy, and he—he's—he's he's made me crow. He's, hes hes We got our money's worth out of Ballinger. Yeah, he's, he's the, had a, hes had a tremendous season.
1: And one of the guys that I really like, but I'm not sure about David Ross, is Keegan Thompson. I mean, he came in. Coming into this game, he has not pitched in the big league since May 17th. He came in, he pitched two innings, no runs, five strikeouts. So for a guy who had a, I felt like he had a really good year last year, but did not get noticed because we were in fourth place and we were just not very good last year. I felt like he had a very good year last year. Now gets sent down to the minors dealing with injuries and just not having the best year. Gets sent down. Um, to the minors and then coming back up and pitching two innings five strikeouts is huge and you know you're talking about a guy who can be a starter uh, last year he was in and out of the bullpen with starting rotation and in the bullpen he's a guy that if you need another starter he can really step up for you he's a guy that i watch out for
0: all right good deal all right thanks for the feedback on that Cubs series guys that was fantastic we're gonna move on we got to talk about Verlander and I want to introduce this story a little bit because I was at one of Cadence baseball games last year, and I saw Uncle Clint and my dad, Grandpa Koval. I saw them arguing about something. What are they arguing about? Sure enough, I go over there, and it's Uncle Clint and Grandpa Koval going at it about whether Verlander can get to 300. I can tell you right now, Uncle Clint says he's going to get there. Grandpa Koval says he's not. They're they're going at it. It turns into a bet. They're constantly talking about it. And the first thing I thought to myself was the last longevity. Uh, friendly wager that I made with Uncle Clint. I lost. It was based on Ichiro Suzuki getting to 3,000. I remember saying, he's going to have to keep getting hits till he's like 43. That's exactly what Ichiro did. So uh, remember him back that. So right away when they're having this argument, I'm thinking to myself, Clint knows something. Verlander wants to get there. So I search it on Google. I said, Verlander 300 and stuff's popping up. And it's saying, Justin Verlander's quest for 300, he has went public and said he's trying to get there. So Uncle Clint kinda had the leg up there by knowing that Verlander's gonna push and he's gonna try to get 300. So everybody knows where we're at here. Verlander has pitched for 18 years, he's 40 years old, he's got 253 wins. He's got a long way to go. Couple notes on him, he in 20 and 21, he basically missed two full seasons. I feel like if he doesn't end up making it That is going to be why, because of those two seasons. He's yo-yoed a little bit, but the way I'm feeling right now is if he can continue playing with these contending teams. I knew the Mets was going to be a mistake. Just ask Jacob deGrom about that. I knew that was going to be a mistake for him, but now he's back in Houston He's with a team that produces offense. If he continues to make decisions on these short contracts with teams that produce offense and he stays injury-free, those two things together, in my opinion, could possibly get him there. Uncle Clint, what are your thoughts here, on him?
2: Here, here's what I get to say about it. Unless he dies or his arm blows up, he's getting 300 wins. <laughs> Done deal. No question about it. If he doesn't die of a heart attack or his arm doesn't blow up, Verlander's winning 300 games. It's not even a question. The guy is dominant. The reason that I started to believe this is I never thought Randy Johnson was going to make it. Randy Johnson won 73 games after the age of 40. Big power pitcher like Verlander. There's absolutely no reason that Verlander cannot attain 300 wins. I, I just can't see how a guy that good and that dominating... Cannot get there. I would be shocked if he stays healthy and does not make it. It would it would be it would be unbelievable to me that if his arm does not give him problems, and he does not die in a car accident or something, that he does not get to three hundred wins. I would I would be absolutely shocked. I think
0: health is the biggest thing. I mean, I do. He has stated that he wants to get there. He's within fifties, inside of fifty wins. He needs forty seven more wins and again with the fact that he wants to do it if he stays healthy i agree i, I do think that he can get there um, i went down a rabbit hole with this because when you start looking at a guy chasing 300 you start thinking who else can do it and right now right behind him the active guys you got granke at 224 he's 39 years old he's not going to do it he's already pitched 20 seasons then you got scherzer 16 seasons he's 38 years old he's got 213 wins he doesn't seem like he's going to be able to, to rack up no, that many more. And then you got, get to he's Kershaw. A shot. He's a
2: long yeah, shot. Yeah,
0: he's a long shot. Kershaw's the guy that appears to have a shot. Kershaw's been in the league 16 years. He's 35. He's got 208 wins, and he has always played on a good team. And I mentioned that.
2: Uh, Uncle Clint, what do you think about Kershaw? I think he's got a shot. I actually, the other day when I was looking, um. And seeing that he was 11-4 and four this year, I pulled up on my thing and said, man, he's 35, he's got 208 wins. I said, he's like 18 or 19 wins ahead of where Verlander was at the same age. Uh, he's had a lot more injuries than Verlander's had and started out a lot younger in his career than Verlander has. But this is another guy. I think if this guy stays healthy and he has the desire to want to pitch, he can make it. I mean, but he, he, it depends. Does it the guy... Verlander has the fire and the desire. Verlander wants to win 300 right. games. Right. Does Kershaw have the same fire and the same desire to want to get there? Does he just say, you know what, I made enough money in the game I'm 40 years older, so I just want to shut down and retire, and I I don't want to get there. That's a factor for me, for Kershaw. Verlander has publicly announced that he's going for it, he's all in, the fire's there for him. Uh, He wants to get there, and and that's the difference, I think, between him and Kershaw. I think both of them can make it, Um, but Kershaw's gonna have to want to pitch, for another 8 to 10 years probably in order to be able to in order to be able yeah. to get in order to be able to get realistically get there and that put him between 43 44 years old
0: Kershaw has said he doesn't think he's going to get there when he won 200 one point that Kershaw made when he won 200 and someone asked him about 300 he said that's a long way off but he made the point that he's just been blessed to be on a good team and that's what led me to look a little further into this, and that's where I thought of Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom has been in the league 10 years. He's 35 years old, and he's got 84 wins. I don't think anybody believes that when I say it. He's got 84 wins. DeGrom has been he was of the best
2: pitcher. pitchers in baseball. For four or five years, he was a dominant pitcher.
0: I'm going to give you two names of guys that are younger and have more wins. This was the most surprising for me. There's more guys. There's nine guys younger, but these were the surprises for me. Jose Quintana, 12 years in the league. He's 34 years old. He's got 90 career wins. Here was the other one, and I'm not surprised he's got more wins. I'm just surprised that he's younger than Jacob deGrom, and that's Madison Bumgarner. It says he's 15 years in the league. He's 33 and he's got 134 wins. Bumgarner that guy.
1: Yeah, he
2: started when he was like 18 this years guy, old. This guy started when he was 18 years old. If you
0: think back to the playoffs when the Giants Wait, were is Bumgarner winning, Bumgarner retired. Uh, I'm not sure. Bumgarner was he was with the um, oh, yeah.
2: Diamondbacks in the
0: preseason. Well, he started
2: real young too. He started yeah. pitching. Really
0: well, I, yeah, that's 18. 33 minus 15 is 18. So looking at Bumgarner there, I'm like, I just remember back, he was so dominant on those Giants World Series teams. He had postseason runs like. Have never yeah, been it's seen. It's amazing
2: to think though that a guy like his dominating is as sure as was only at what two thirteen? Yeah. I mean he's exactly. sure a dominating pitcher. He said runs that in goes Detroit to, Washington. That goes to, to show you guys just how good Justin Verlander really is. I mean, Verlander 100%. is an exceptional pitch. Hundred percent. Best year for Verlander, I noted it. Uh two
0: thousand and eleven with the Tigers twenty four and five. Twenty four That's pretty five. that's pretty impressive. So we're going to move on. So, Caden, did you want to give us, is Verlander getting there or not? Yes or no?
1: Um, no, because I feel like injuries are going to come in way.
0: Okay. If you go injuries, I think that's the only thing that's going to keep him from it. So we're going to switch topics here. We're switching gears. We're going to unbreakable sports records. I just wrote down a bunch of notes on this. I had a lot of fun with it. And when it, when it came down to the majors, to the MLB, it's a tough one. Uh, because you got different eras. There's a couple that are just ridiculous I know which one Uncle Clint wants to talk about so I'm just gonna throw a couple out there real quick The first one that's just absurd is Cy Young through 749 complete <laughs> games and 511 wins So we're talking about guys stretching to try to get the 300 I think it's pretty clear that no one will ever win 511 games again So I think we can move on from that. But again, the eras are different. The times are different um, com-
2: my guy To complete games oh, Nobody's yeah. ever even Going to no. come close To touching it Not even close <laughs>
0: um, My guy My favorite player Back when I was a kid Ricky Henderson 1,406 stolen bases I mean that The most The active player I looked this up I think The active player Behind him Elvis Andrews He's
2: got like 350 With, with the way Baseball's played today That record's untouchable Totally. They just did, nobody steals anymore.
0: And they've made the rules now more favorable to stealing. When you look at the changes with the pitching and throwing over there and stuff. Nobody steals,
2: nobody bunts, everybody just gets up there and swings for the fence now. That's the way baseball's played anymore. Small ball's pretty much out of the game.
0: I'll throw out a couple others. Uh, DiMaggio's fifty six game history. Closest anybody's got to that is Rose at forty four. And I got a few others I'll throw in, but Uncle Clint, why don't you give us your baseball one and, and tell us what you think? Uh, I, I
2: I had wrote down the, the seven no hitters by Ryan. I, I think that's uh uh an unattainable uh record. I just don't think that with the way baseball's play. You you guys don't even pitch six innings anymore, let alone uh, you know, like the other day, there was we were talking about it at the bar. They were getting on Baker about pulling Framber Valdez out of a no hitter just a couple nights ago. Guy's got 125 pitches and he walked six guys. He can't go anymore. He's out of gas. You got to take him out of the game. I mean, Baker is notoriously a horrible manager with pitchers. In that instance, the guy made the right decision. They ended up losing the game because he was only winning one nothing. Ended up losing the game by pulling Valdez out. But these guys just can't pitch like back in the old days. Nolan Ryan and Louis Tiant. One guy's got two hundred and thirty-five pitches in a game. Tiant's got two hundred and one. I mean, they just these guys ain't built like that anymore the six seven inning guys you got your specialty pitches in between so I think that your seven no hitters is a is a an unattainable record I think your Cal Ripken Iron Man streak is is Totally completely unattainable. I don't think <laughs> anybody'll ever, uh, ever ever beat dead.
0: That. That's two thousand and six hundred and thirty two consecutive games. I think I looked at them the active guy is under four hundred. I was gonna say you're looking so, for
2: guys yeah, got five or six hundred yeah, The guys, active eight. the
0: active I can't remember who it was, but he's under four hundred on that one. So though these are these are definitely
2: all that, that guy's gotta play fifteen years almost straight. The guy that's at four hundred and never miss a game. And he's still he still ain't gonna get there.
0: And you think about what you're talking about with the pitch counts and the no-hitters. You know, you have to pitch such a clean game with a lot of contact because you got to keep your pitch count down. What? So high strikeout guys,
2: it's hard to get there
0: because you're throwing a lot of
2: pitches. Like well, To, to me, I think... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much they've used this guy in the minors, but I think Wicks at 80 pitches, I think he got an early hook. you gotta, you got to <laughs> leave a guy in there longer than 80 pitches, man. 80 pitches is, is what that's like a cup of coffee at the major league level. These guys should be at least be able to throw 100 pitches. Yeah, how, just, was,
1: uh, how efficient he was working, I thought he just... At least two innings. Yeah,
2: but they're
0: saying that because of how much he pitched at K-State and then how much he pitched in the minors, he can't that pitch. what he's got left yeah, this yeah, he year. he was telling me. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they said me. he's only got like 25 innings left this year. So I don't know how they're going to work it. Yeah, I don't know how much they're going to throw him. We're going to have to find out. We're going to need him. So they're going to have to figure out. Well,
1: it's out rare, especially for a Cubs pitcher, to, like, pitch, get called up when we're in a pennant race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's hard for us, as you can see, as Cubs fans. We always, all roads... Lead back to the Chicago Cubs, no matter who we're talking about. But I'm going to throw out a couple more just for fun here. Um, Wilt Chamberlain in 1962 averaged 50.4 points a game. We will have a debate at some point down the line about but, yeah. the the greatest um, players. No, okay, no one. 50 points is a big deal. 50 a
2: game, never, never touch.
0: If someone never scores 50 now, it's a big deal. Wilt averaged it for an entire
2: I, season. I, I, no, I think I, I was looking at at 50 point games, and I think. Like, Jordan and Kobe are second and third with 50-point games. Yeah. They got, like, 18. Chamberlain's got, like, 132 or oh, something yeah. like that. I mean, it's, these guys are not even in the same area code as Wilt Chamberlain. Not even in the same area code.
0: Statistically, Wilt was the Babe Ruth of the NBA. I mean, he changed the game. His When you look at some of the records that he has, I think he averaged over 27 rebounds in a season. Mm-hmm. Wilt has records that will never Uh, be broken. There there is a hockey
2: record that I I thought at one time was unbreakable that's probably going to get run down, and that's Wayne Gretzky's goal record. Alex Ovechkin is probably going to run him down next year. You think so? He's he's probably going to run him down next year or the year after. He's within, like, 70 goals, 80 goals right now of, of, of actually passing Gretzky, and that was something that I thought when we were kids would never, ever... Ever get caught? We're not big hockey guys, but that's a, right. a record that I didn't think would ever get caught. Now that's not, not assists, but that's just straight goals. And Ovechkin is probably going to get there and pass
0: Yeah, the thing with points with Gretzky will never be topped. I, I noted that down here. Gretzky has two thousand eight hundred fifty-seven career points. Yeah, I think
2: he
1: so His assists, for goals. Yeah,
0: his assists will never be touched. I wasn't sure where he was with the goals. I think but his, goals his total are points. Total points will not be touched, but yeah, sometimes you don't know if guys are willing to, to make a life a life out of it, you know, where they're going to play 22, 23 years. Yeah, you know, well, you know.
2: got that Ovech, guy just don't miss games. He's a big guy, 6'6", right. 220, whatever. He just plays every game. He don't miss games. He scores goals. So his longevity is giving him the opportunity to possibly break the record. I noted two other
0: fun ones here. Uh, a team-based one the boston celtics won eight straight titles i think that's uh yeah
2: like in a row, yeah, like in a row eight straight titles
0: and then the last one individual wise nfl jerry rice 22,895 receiving yards even in a receiver friendly league like we have today second place active guy uh, is julio jones with 13,400 some odd yards uh, you had Larry Fitzgerald, who most people called him, they called him Grandpa at the end of his career. They thought he was playing so long. He ended up over 17,000. He was still, he would have needed 5,000-yard seasons There's one guy face. that
2: if he, if he could have kept his brain on right, might have been able to chase him down, Antonio Brown, but that guy guy's such a loose cannon. Yeah. He couldn't even keep his head in the game on the field. But he had a 1, 1,200 yards just about every year. But when you can't keep your head in the game... You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna catch nobody.
0: No, he had some, he had some unbelievable years in Pittsburgh. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Caden, any thoughts on the sports records?
1: Um, no.
0: No. All right, we'll move on. Uncle Clint, do you have any, anything else in your notes on the sports records? Uh, i no. We pretty much covered it. I yeah, mean, you could talk this just, stuff forever.
2: The, 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 I, I did want to say. I think me and Dad were talking about it. So Walter Johnson, I think he had a hundred and. Something complete games by himself or 400 some complete games. Some of these pitchers, like he'd have more complete games in one season. Oh, yeah. Like in 50 starts, he'd have like 45 complete games in a season. Some of these starting pitchers today will never have 45 complete games for their career, and this guy had that in one season. I mean, there's pitchers Walter that. Would... Johnson was probably the best pitcher of all time. But there's pitchers today
0: that won't throw a complete game in their whole career. Ever. I mean, it's, but, yeah. I mean, it has, the game has changed so much. Um, that leads me to my final thing of the night. I wanted to bring this up because we, we call our show The Sports Life. And it's not because our lives revolve around sports. It's because sports uh, keeps us connected and brings so much into all of our lives. I know that that's something me and my brother, Uncle Clint here, have shared our whole life as our connection to sports. I today, today, me and my son, Caden, we have a connection with sports. And it just really brings people together. I personally, my, my daughter Kaya, she's played rec league basketball, I've coached her teams for a few years. I coached Kaden's little league team for seven years from t-ball all the way through to his final year. Uh, even in travel ball, I know his coaches, um, you know, I develop relationships with all these people. And it's really been fun and I've developed a lot of what I call forever friends. Some of my cl- closest friends in the community are developed through my relationships through little league, rec league hoops, all these fun things that we do and these relationships that I have with the with some of the parents are regardless of our kids even if our kids don't hang out and things like that uh, I have these relationships with these men and I bring this up because this week I got a text from one of my friends and a great dad and he told me that he got a surprise and he had a, a brain tumor and the news hit him like a ton of bricks um, he had to have surgery this week He did have surgery it was successful Um, he's gonna be going through some some treatment now gonna heal up first and then go through some treatment Uh, Scott I just want you to know man when you listen to the pod just know how much from my family to yours that we love you and we'll always be here for you and from our family to yours we just love you very much and I just wanted to close the pod with that tonight because that's what the, the sports life is about it's about the connections that we've made together as family and friends and i just wanted to share that right now um uncle clint Caden, thank you guys so much for making this a great show and for doing this with me it's bringing us together and scott when you're listening tonight just want you to know we love you brother all right you guys have a great night thank you so much